just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Rob and Callie Show. My name is Rob Kay, and I'm sitting here with my friend Callie Alpert. What's up, Callie? Good evening, my dear. How are you doing tonight in this hot, sweltery New York City, prolonged summer and fall? I know. It's like happy fall, and at the same time, welcome to 80-degree weather. I know. It's kind, of, it's kind of bizarre. See, I'm not. a lot of people are really happy about this. Because the beaches are filling up again and people are prolonging their, you know, summer activities. I'm more of a, you know, 65 to 72 degree girl. That's like, you know, my high, high end of comfort in terms of um, temperature. Yeah. And so I was very excited when we had a little tease of fall a few weeks ago that came very drastically. And then we just reverted right back to summertime. So, right. again, not a lot to complain about, but not my, not my finest temperature, not my favorite temperature. See, I like being able to wear shorts and flip-flops for several weeks longer, and then I like the cool breezes that come at night. So there's something about this weather that I really enjoy. In fact, I hadn't had this thought in a long time since I lived in Florida almost 20 years ago, and I was walking around yesterday, and I was like, you know, I could picture having a place in Florida and living in New York, like just to be able to go and experience warm weather and wear flip-flops whenever I wanted to. So I think it's nice, although I do really enjoy autumn. I enjoy fall. It's one of my favorite seasons. Um, Being able to break out a jacket, you know, the cool breezes, the fall foliage, all the food, you know, it's just such a a great harvesting time leading into the holidays. So I love fall, um, and eventually we will be experiencing a real fall. So So happy fall to everybody. Thanks for listening. And um, yeah, how you doing in general? How are things? I'm doing doing okay. I had an amazing weekend. I have to tell you what I did this weekend because it was like such a great day. So I had um, a shoot for a new client on Saturday, and the assignment was to go to this goat farm in West Jersey, and um, where all these goats are rescued, a lot, especially a lot of baby goats that are injured due to either um, uh, like con- congenital deformities, frostbite on farms. It's becoming a whole thing. Goats are like quite the trend right now. There's goat yoga, and go- but this woman. Um, Leanne, who runs Goats of Anarchy, I'm going to give her a shout out, is, is spectacular in her own right because she, she's like a New York career woman dropout who followed her passion and did this blindly with no experience and is really doing something really special. But just to be around, I've always loved goats. I'm not around them a lot. They're the most docile, adorable, friendly, warm, therapeutic animals. And it was just so fun to walk around and like goat shit all day long. You know, it was really, it was a really beautiful experience. Then at night I went to one of my favorite little, uh, river towns. Cause you know, I spend all of my time like up the Hudson river. Um, I must've lived there in a past life. And I saw this amazing band who I've seen before in bits and pieces called old number seven. They're like a local Rockland County band, you know, just North of New York city. And they did, they played the entire Carol King Tapestry album in honor of the, her, I think it's like 46th anniversary. I think that's right. It came out in 1971, so I don't know if I'm doing the math correctly. Anyway, not only, it was a su- superb gig, and they did it in their own style, which is more like blues and rock and like with banjos and mandolins. It was really spectacular, but it just brought tears to my eyes. Like, that is such a seminal album. And obviously, a lot of us growing up know that, you know, knew that already. But when you're just reminded of like something that was so iconic when you were a kid and now you look at it retrospectively or retroactively as an adult and you recognize the significance of Carole King and what she accomplished because they told a lot of stories about her songs and her accolades, you know, I just invite everybody to revisit that because it's just every, and you know every word to every song on that album and how much can you say that about most things you listen to these days, you know? So it was really, yeah. Yeah, well, it's such a classic album from the 70s. And in fact, I was talking to somebody yesterday, a younger guy in his 30s, and I mentioned Really Rosie. Do you remember Really Rosie, Carole King's kids' album from the 70s? Oh, no. has Chicken Soup with Rice on it and Really Rosie. It's such a great album. Everybody, if you're looking for an album 
for kids, I really recommend Really Rosie or Free to Be You and Me, which mm. is Marlo Thomas and yes. Friends. Alan Alda's on it. Mel Brooks is on it. Such a great album. Um, those are my two favorite 70s albums when I was a kid. I remember Gwyneth Paltrow talked about this, that when she was a kid, because she grew up in New York, and maybe it was a New York thing, but she used to put on Free to Be You and Me, you know, vinyl on the record player mm-hmm. and just sit there and listen to it for hours. And that's what we did as kids. We didn't have the internet. So we had to figure out things to do like that. Um, but really Rosie's is, gr- is a great album. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it just sounds like you had a nice trip. I actually played tennis yesterday for the first time in a while. And, um, I hadn't played in, I'm guessing, I don't know, five years and it was with this buddy of mine, and he's a tennis pro. And so he's, like, really great. And I was running all over the court. But it was so great to get some really good shots in. I love tennis. I love skiing. I'm really focused on doing more things that I enjoy, like really taking time to do them. And so it was so great to be out on the court yesterday. Maybe that's why I was thinking about moving to Florida or having a yeah, house in Florida. I mean, that doesn't um, – moving to Florida, well, that's a whole – I don't want to insult our fans. Anybody in Florida, and especially now Florida is going through a really difficult time. That said, I've had some opinions about Florida over the years, and so now you're falling into the stereotypic – you know, Jewish snowbird and waiting, if that's what you're really considering doing, you know? Well, I was thinking about being able to play tennis outdoors yeah. easily. And, you know, I could, I guess, have a part-time place in L.A., but it's such a farther flight, you know? Florida is so much closer. So anyway, um, our thoughts and prayers with everybody yes. in Florida, in Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, everywhere that's been affected Mexico by these City. hurricanes, Mexico City. Um, we're, we're praying for you. We're thinking about you. We're sending good vibes and healing and, and, you know, we're, we'll be there to support you in rebuilding. What do you think is the, um, you know, again, very easy for us to say, cause right now we're not directly impacted. So I don't, you know, it's like you can't spiritualize away these really painful experiences, you know, but a lot of people believe, you know, I believe in the power of mother nature as like perfection and sort of all knowing, knowing way more than we do. In fact, that's a little bit of a segue, a little teaser into what our topic is for today. Um, but what do you think this is saying? You know, some people would say it's just the cycles of history and weather. Other people would say it's because, um, you know, uh, gay people have more rights now. Other people would say it's because we have a president who's got a very dark shadow side. I mean, there's a lot of different theories. Certainly we'll never really know. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious, like, do you have any theories about why it feels like Mother Nature is speaking up so loudly right now in such an, you know, such a small window of of time? Mm -hmm. Well, and just to mention the topic to everybody, the topic today is trusting the universe. And so with that as the background of this conversation, um, I, I don't think that Mother Nature hates any human being or group of people. So I think that's absolutely, it's so absurd. I can't even talk about it. I think that it, some of it is cyclical and I think some of it is global warming. And, and I think that the earth also can heal itself. And I think part of what Mother Nature is doing is changing the earth to battle global warming and certain things happening. And then in other ways, I'm not a scientist, but um, in other ways, it's just happening. Um, I was watching the autobiography of Malcolm X yesterday. I don't know if I ever watched the movie. I I love Malcolm X because we share the same birthday, May 19th. And... um, I also found out Kevin Durant, or not Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Garnett shares our birthday, basketball player. Yeah, you probably know. Anyway, so I was watching um, the end of Malcolm X, and um, I actually got emotional when he got killed because he, he, and I remember reading the autobiography of Malcolm X in college, and at the end of the book, Alex Haley co-wrote it with him. And at the end of the book, he was telling Alex that he knew he was going to get killed. Like he knew people were after him and he was scared. And in the movie, they showed that. And then the day that he got killed, it was in front of an audience where he was speaking and he didn't want to go out there that day. And he did it anyway. And I just thought of how he kind of sacrificed his life in a way for what he believed in. And then after I, I turned the TV off, I just thought to myself that human beings can be terrible to human beings. And so when you talk about the fact that gay people have marriage equality and that's why some people think that this is happening on earth, it's just human beings hating other human beings. And it makes me sad and angry and it makes me want to get even louder using my voice for human equality. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, 
in my view, um, very ridiculous, but just in the name of representing a good, you know, array of different people. I don't, we don't have to get too into the weeds about Malcolm X today, but I, um, I do, um, I'm a little surprised about your unadulterated appreciation of him. I appreciate his place in history, certainly an important, iconic, historic character who did a lot of good, but there's also a lot of anti-Semitism attached to him and his story, and so that's where I feel like I have a little bit of... Oh, you're, sh- <laughs> you're like, no, there isn't. Well, that changed. That changed after he went to Mecca and he was around all these different colors of people, oh, yeah, not just piece. black people. He realized that it, from a, a blue-eyed, blonde-haired white person to the blackest person there is, that we're all brothers and sisters. And so I think he changed his philosophy when he came back. And, I mean, who am I to judge? You know, I've had my own prejudices against myself even sometimes where I've had to grow and evolve and, and realize that we're all human beings. So uh, the thing I respect about him is that he did evolve and he did change to eventually, you know, try and love everybody. Um, okay, I'll give you, I'm going to, you know, we won't get, we could talk about that offline because <laughs> I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Um, but what was the other thing that I was going to say about, oh, and the, the weather thing too, you know, I, I, sometimes I feel like in, in the middle of the night if I'm up or I don't know, sometimes when you're, you know, when you're sleeping or you're in that, sort of alpha state, or is it beta state when you're sleeping, um, and different things come through, different messages through dreams or little things that you channel, and it just sort of came to me very unsolicited that the reason, um, one of the things we should, I shouldn't say the reason, but one of the things we should take from this horrible bout of destruction, natural um, destruction that's been happening over, you know, the last very short few weeks is that, um, you know, mighty Mother Nature is trying to remind us that she's still way more awesome and way more powerful than any of us combined. And we have so much ego ruling our planet right now, ruling our country, ruling our governments, and it doesn't stand, you know, there's there's no control we have. We have control over, I believe, the climate and honoring the environment, mm-hmm. but on a, you know, on a grander scale, I don't really think we have control over what nature does. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in some ways this is a wake-up call to become even more um, reverential and just appreciative and uh, humble in her hands, yeah. you know. But again, I, I say that without wanting to minimize the pain that people are going through right now, so... Yeah. God bless everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just going to remember everybody and think about them. Um, so we got a couple of minutes until we go to break. So the topic is trusting the universe, turning things over to the universe, uh, believing that the universe has your back. And the way that this topic came up is that recently I had been looking back on my life so far and just feeling like things hadn't manifested the way I wanted yet. I haven't met the right girl yet. Things as far as career haven't exactly gone the way I thought they would. And so, excuse me, even though I'm the best Rob I've ever been and, and I have a lot of peace of mind and joy in my life and I've evolved a lot, things haven't worked out. And, you know, I was sort of just really angry at God and letting God know how I felt about the way things had gone. How do you tell God? And how, how do you tell God that? I just, I have like a heart to heart. I'm like, look, you know, wh- what are you Dude. doing? Yeah. It's like, you know, you need to step up to the plate and help out. Um, the, the God that I have loves it when I'm honest, because that is a true, honest relationship. And um, whether I'm angry, sad, happy, joyous, whatever, you know, God wants to know about it. So, you know, if you have a problem with God, then just, you know, a power greater than yourself or a higher power or the universe or whatever, the energy that runs the earth. You know, it's that power that we all have inside of us that I try and connect to with prayer and meditation and then listen to it, listen to my intuition, which is a part of it throughout the day. Um, And then the other thing is that um, that I just felt like, I don't know, I was just, I, I, I was angry. And then I talked to an old friend of mine, and he reminded me about the value of asking for God's will. Instead of telling God what my will is, asking for God's will. And to really connect with that, have a conscious contact with that. Like, what is thy will? What You know, I'm, I'm trying to trust you, trust the universe. What's your will for me? And to sort of surrender and give it up to the universe. And it had such an effect on my peace of mind to remember that and go from angry to gratitude 
and it was just, it worked like a charm. So I wanted to bring this up as a topic, trusting the universe. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Robin Callie Show here on talkradio.nyc. Tonight we are talking, just Rob and I, just the two of us, uh, about turning it over to your higher power or your trust in God. Um, you know, whatever word you choose to use, it's not, uh, our intention is not to speak from a religious perspective, but just to speak from um, a, a belief system, a sense of faith in whatever it is you choose to have faith in, especially when you feel like you need it most or when times are, you know, maybe more challenging. And so, you know, for me, um, I, as, as I knew we were going to talk about this topic, I just thought about, um, I went back and started tracing my relationship with my higher power, which is a very, very deep part of my belief system. And my and my days as I've gotten older, I'm still working on the faith part because, you know, we forget. And it's a practice, I believe, to really remember. But I do know it. I've seen evidence of it as we as this as the show progresses. I can try to remember some stories um, where I've seen, you know, direct evidence of, you know, the value of a higher power really chiming in. But I, I know that it's there. I feel like I know it as much as we can know it. And when I was a kid... I always, you know, I looked at God. It's not like I was raised with real religion being, you know, hit over the head with that. You know, we had a bit, you know, pretty conventionally Jewish household. But I do remember feeling like there was a God, like up in, you know, sort of up in the sky somewhere, almost like with a mucky grinder, sort of running the show, you know, and a whole sort of bevy of people up there that were kind of monitoring what I was doing and sort of directing what we were doing down here. No one ever you know, um, introduce that concept to me. It wasn't like something that I, I, I remember learning, um, but it was just this intuitive thing that I had. So that was sort of my first exposure, you know, to it. Do you remember like the earliest when you first knew that you had like faith in something? Yeah. Well, I remember I, I was always a naturally spiritual little kid. And like you said, it's such a huge part of who I am. And again, there's such a separation between religion and spirituality. We're talking about spirituality, like not something that's man-made, but something that's God-made, you know, something that's a part of us that you can just feel that doesn't require any rules or regulations or any sort of specifics at all. It's whatever you customize for your own connection with a higher power. But I remember when I was a child in Terrytown, and I must have been seven years old, maybe six years old. And a father in the neighborhood had a heart attack, and he had a 10% chance of living. And they mm. told all the kids in the neighborhood to get on their knees that night and pray for this guy so he could live. And I remember getting on my knees. I didn't even know what I was doing, you know. And maybe I saw it in a Norman Rockwell painting. That's yeah. what you do. And I got on my knees, and I said a little prayer for this guy, and he lived. And, and all of a sudden, that just... It just reminded me, or it actually, it taught me the power of prayer. Um, so that was one of my first experiences with prayer and, and making use of it to connect with a higher power. The other th time that I wanted to talk about today, which was my first real sort of young adult experience where I felt like I, I really asked for God's will, where I was really ready to start following a bit of a spiritual direction in my life rather than me controlling the show. And, you know, there's an expression, um, man makes plans, God laughs. And then there's another expression, man rows, God steers. So I've always tried to go by that, putting in the effort and leaving, leaving the results to the universe. But at this point in my life, I was 21 at the time. I was really confused about my life and uh, just having trouble in college and just not a happy guy. And I remember that I went to therapy and my therapist had some sort of suggestions for me about what to do. I think, it was, oh, it was taking a little bit of time off from college, maybe taking a semester off. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way I'm taking a semester off. I got a year left. I'm going to go back and finish. And he said to me, why don't you think about it? And I was like, all right. He's like, think about it overnight. Let me know what you think. I'm like, fine, but I'm going back to school. And that night I went home. And for the first time since I think I was a little kid or one of the first times, I really opened up to trusting the universe more. And I said to the universe, I don't know how I got to this point in my life, 
But from here on out, you show me the way. You show me what you want me to do and I'll do it. And I went to bed and the next morning I woke up and I had had a psychic change. All of a sudden I had this willingness and open-mindedness that I'd never had before that I can only reason that it was because I really opened up to trusting the universe and the universe's will rather than my own will. And I always remember that as far as getting to any time in my life where I hit a turning point and I really need to turn things over to the universe and trust the universe. Yeah, I actually, for me, it didn't come as um, fluidly as far as I remember. I knew that there was always, I still struggle with this. I always knew there was an uh, an energy, and again, not based on anybody teaching me this. And then I started finding my way to my own natural kind of spiritual path with one of my first uh, boyfriends when I was in my like early 20s, who was very deep into like carrying his crystals in his pocket. And we went to all these like angel workshops and intensive weekends. I think I've talked about some of this on the show. Um, but he uh, introduced me to that world and I would go and I, I distinctly remember being in this angel workshop that I dragged a few of my friends to. I didn't even know what to expect. And I remember at one point, I was so hungry and so attached to the idea of getting more benefit and understanding this whole spiritual world. And I remember somebody saying, you know, the people outside are feeling the same thing you're feeling inside or you're both having the same experience talking about how collectively and holistically, regardless of what body you're in or what your experience is, that there's something bigger that has all of our back, even when it doesn't look like that to our earthly eyes. And it was so confusing to me that I was like in pain. I don't understand and I don't get it. And I was so, you know, I wasn't really clicking with the idea because I hadn't really tested the faith part yet. You know, and the other thing that was sort of contradictory and still is even all these years later is that I grew up in a household with two extreme, first of all, Depression-era parents who were very, very entrepreneurial and very industrious and hardworking, with a lot of integrity, um, and especially probably my father about, you know, there's no such thing as bliss. My dad's not a spiritual guy. My mom's um, probably got more spirituality. Um, and... You know, it wasn't about uh, some other nether world. It was about you got to make your money, you got to pay me rent, even though you're living in my house. You got to make things happen. You have to navigate your life and be proactive and take steps and make things happen. I've been struggling with that versus letting go my entire adult life. You know, um, so many different examples of that. But like that, that were that was the that was the that was the roots of it. Um, you know, and I just think about like the, that duality that I had. So I'd be, I have distinct memories of like my first early jobs. I was living out in New Jersey at my parents, I was commuting and I'd stand on the train track platform with my little matching outfits, trying to be dressed up and professional and trying to tame my hair, reading Shirley McLean books. I don't know how I found my way to them. It was the first, my first exposure to all of that, but you find your way to what you're supposed to. I believe that we all do. And even if the lines are crooked and um, it was so painful because part of me is like, oh, there's this spiritual cosmic thing. And, but I got to go and work in this job that I don't like just to like bring home the bacon. I was so conflicted by that, you know, so I still hadn't really understood the power of like where faith pays off, I guess, you know, we all need proof of that. Right. So. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, and sometimes, you know, it's like uh, Bruce Springsteen says, it takes a leap of faith. You got to show some guts. And I think that anytime you have faith, blind faith, where you're not sure where your next foot is going to land on the ground, um, or you're, you know, I call it the hallway where you're waiting for the door to open and it's dark and you're scared, it takes courage. It takes courage to actually not feel like we have to control everything. Yes. And I think that's what the reason why I brought up that example of when I went to my therapist and he said, take a semester off, is because when I actually asked, the universe, what the universe's will was for me to really trust the universe. That's when my life changed and I got on a spiritual path and I started to do things that I never would have done had I gone back to college. I eventually did finish college, but I did need that semester off to sort of regroup and get my act together, get myself together, start focusing on self-care and therapy and stuff like that and growing as a spiritual human being. Yeah. Um, and so that changed everything. And I think the other thing that I really wanted to bring up about this topic is about the control. It really is simple as either I'm trying to control or I'm turning it over. And it's not that 
you know, I'm not taking actions to help control things or to have an effect, but I'm talking about a fear-driven control. And when I'm driven by fear at any point in my life, I'm not happy. I feel uh, uncomfortable and I don't feel peace. And the most important thing to me in my life is peace. When I was a kid, I wanted the great girl, the great job, all that stuff. I still want that stuff. I still want to, I have goals to eventually make a home with a woman and maybe get married and, you know, have a life like that, have a career that is expanding more and more creati- creatively. Can I walk you down the aisle? What is it? Can I walk you down the aisle? I don't know about that, but thanks for the offer. Um, so, but you'll be invited. I can tell you that. Here's the funniest thing. Here's how funny I am. Like I don't. Oh, even... Let's hear how funny are how funny are you? Okay. Tell me. Okay, I uh, I don't even have a girlfriend, but I think about sometimes who I'm going to ask to be my best man at my wedding if I ever get married. Well, I mean, I know I I've thought about who I want to speak at my funeral, and it's not because I'm going through like some morose stage, just a, a creative mind. Right. It's it's called visualization. <laughs> right. So um, so yeah, but. It, so because I want peace of mind, what I'm constantly trying to do is give up control. And it can be internally where I have that anxiety and I'm worried about things, which is using my imagination in a negative way, projecting into the future about things that haven't even happened and trying to control that or going to the past and trying to control the past and manipulate things and renegotiate things and, and bargain things that happened back then and realize that the past is in the past and bring it back to the present. So when I brought up what this friend reminded me of recently, it's to stop controlling and turn it over and just keep trusting the universe. And that has brought me so much peace of mind. I think that um, one of the uh, analogies that came, like I'm I'm very big into like visual metaphors always in my mind, even in, in my work. And one of the ones that came to me years ago when I first got conscious of this duality that I live in, I, a lot of us do, I know that I'm not alone, but the idea of like um, controlling versus letting go is that I, um, I visual, because I do believe a lot of our life is sort of pre-written and part of our karmic story. And, you know, a lot of people don't believe in that. That's fine. I do believe that we have a karmic tale that gets, or a script that gets played out and written and rewritten and enacted in different ways throughout different lifetimes. That's my personal belief system. Uh, it, it, but it doesn't matter. Regardless, I feel like we're given our life <clears throat> and sort of visually, I always think of a maze. <clears throat> and that's sort of our pre, um, predestined path. But then when you think of like a, a mouse in a maze, you can choose which direction you're going in, and there's different options that ultimately lead you to the same result, but the path might look a little bit different depending on what actionable steps you take. So, you know, some people say that giving it over or to your higher power is a passive thing and sort of a crock of shit, and that you're not being proactive in your life. Other people will say that having too much control or feeling like you can make a plan and have a goal list for the next three years, the next five years, which I don't, you know, I have my soft list, but I don't have, I've kind of learned that that doesn't work for me. Um, In fact, I talked to my shrink about that the other day. Um, And sometimes I judge myself for it. Maybe I'm not, you know, because I'm a very proactive person, but there's times where I don't have clarity on what the next step is, and that's when the let go part comes in. So I'm always sort of operating on both, you know, both levels, and I kind of liken it, like I said, to, you know, I'm inside the maze. The maze is going to land. It's all, you know, all roads, all rivers reach the sea, as my boyfriend Robbie Plant would say from one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs. Um, but there's different ways. What's the line? Though the course might change sometimes, rivers always reach the sea. And that's sort of the same thing as what I'm saying. It's sort of the same kind of analogy. Right. You know, that we have to take steps and make decisions and make cho- and have choices, but that ultimately whatever's meant to be will happen and and has to, almost has to, you know? Right. So, so yeah, I think... Uh, You know, we're talking about some light stuff today, trusting the universe with your life. Anyway, we're going to go to break, and we will be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Tonight, we're talking about trusting the universe. And... um, 
I think, you know, one of the biggest indicators that I'm trusting the universe or I have a conscious contact with a higher power where I'm really connected is my vibe. And it's, it's how I'm feeling. And I can feel the lightness of that when I'm actually practicing it. And I can feel the heaviness and the weight of feeling like I'm Atlas holding up the world when I'm worrying or trying to be in control. And I remember a friend of mine said years ago, surrender to win. And I call myself a recovering figure-outer. I'm usually trying to figure things out. I think I'm so smart, I'm going to be able to figure this out. And a lot of times when I'm driving myself crazy with that obsessing about something or trying to figure out the puzzle or whatever it is, and I just kind of surrender, I just feel better. Where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take a break from this. I don't know what the answer is. And sometimes, a lot of times... When I trust the universe and I turn whatever it is over to the universe, things just work out naturally. And that starts with me just feeling better. I feel the relief of not carrying that burden on my own. I get the universe involved. I turn it over to the universe. And then I usually get a result which not only helps me, but was better than what I may have thought of. Have you experienced that yourself? You're saying like when I give up, when you give something over and then it, um, uh, yes, I have. Um, I just have to think of when. <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm going back though, not to um, just detract from your question, but I'm thinking about a childhood friend of mine, Michael D., if you're ever listening to my show, I have you to thank for this. Um, he and a group of our friends would always use the expression, go with the flow. And it was more just like this male bonding, like, throwaway... Th I don't know that they really knew the significance or, or what it meant for them. To me, it was like, oh, my God, that is so shallow and annoying and so breezy and such a throwaway. And in retrospect, I think, damn, if only I had really gotten that way earlier on, I would have, you know, spared myself a lot of um, grief and struggling along the way, trying to, like, understand and figure things out and make things happen. Um, because there's so much value to it. So in answer to your question, I, you know what, I have to think about it because it comes in so many different forms. Um, you know, one thing I will say, and this is a little bit of a diversion, but uh, for me it's all energy and it's all being in a certain vibration. And so I remember like being in college and I was having a really good week or month Everything, you know, between whatever. I mean, what's college about? Partying boys and, and class, right? Maybe not even in, in that order. Or <laughs> partying girls in right. class. Yeah, so, um, you know, the, that was my big, right, my big life, my, my big global thinking back then, to pretty selfish thinking. Um, but it, I was having a really good period. And I remember saying to my roommate, who was one of the first to introduce me to the physics and metaphysics of spirituality, um, in a very smart, understated way. And I said, why am I, everything's going so well? And she said, because you're, because you're in that flow now. You're growing to expect it. One, you know, one thing begets another thing begets another thing, positive or negative. So that has to do with like being in the vibration and being in a happy space. So to your point, when you're, you know, in a heavy, thick, dense, fearful, out of control, sad, depressed, all understandable emotions that need to find their space and need to be, I think, you know, exercised from our body and have a place to go to be released. I'm a huge proponent of that. Then once you make the space, it's like, you know what, if I could just relax rather than worrying about figuring this out, number one, that softness brings in that higher vibration, you know, it's very simple, it's like when you're feeling like shit, go out and do something that makes you have fun, you know, that makes you feel good, force yourself, a little thing, it doesn't have to be some, you don't have to fake it or, you know, throw yourself a big party, but do, step outside, do something very simple because it does shift the energy, it makes you feel differently and that vibration has been proven time and time again, scientifically, as woo as this might sound to a lot of people, to have the power to bring in more of that exact feeling. And so that is the universe, I think, to Rob and I, right? I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but that, you know, um, like you're, you know, you're fervently nodding, nodding your head. Um, you know, so I feel like that's 
uh, you know, and I've seen that evidence. I've seen evidence of a higher power in so many other ways. I've worked a lot with psychic mediums, for example, and I've had direct rela- um, experiences with people that were very close to me that passed away, speaking, like communicating with me. No doubt, unequivocally positive it happened, and I've seen it with other people. So while that's not the same as trusting the universe, to me it's all the same. It's just energy. It's the thin veil between where we are here and a higher power that's like just microscopically, you know, right in front of us, swirling around us. And if you can just believe that it's there, that's more than half of it, right? And yet like fear and worry and needing to control is what gets in the way because it creates a barrier that precludes that from coming in. It's fun just to play with it, like just to do an experiment, play with it, try it. Yeah, yeah, and it's like when you start to see results of instead of being like, I got to fix this, I got to work on this, I got to worry about this, I got to control this, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go for a walk and just enjoy the breeze outside and see what happens. You may see results happen quicker, better than you ever thought of because you're giving up the control and you're trusting the universe. And again, you know, let's break this down really simply. Break it down. We all come from the universe. So you don't have to call it God. You don't have to call it higher power, whatever. There's an energy in the universe that we are connected to. And what we're talking about is getting that energy involved in your life instead of feeling like you have to do life on your own. The other thing I was thinking is that I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that people are so attached to their agendas and control that it's making the world a miserable place in certain ways. And one of the ways that I think people are doing that is with their their smartphones. I mean, what a better way to control things than to always be on my smartphone, looking at things, posting things, liking things, checking things. It's just another form of control to me sometimes. Now, I, I love smartphones. We do so much for our show with smartphones and technology. But in another way, I think it's an addiction to control. And an addiction to controlling one's feelings through it. You know, now Facebook and and other um, social media sites, they're making it to where people are addicted to checking on it, getting that like, seeing if that post uh, got more attention or whatever, to where people keep checking back on it. And it's like Pavlov's dog or something. And so that's why sometimes I leave my phone at home. I do it on purpose, people. I don't do it because, like, I just think I'm such a spiritual guy and I don't want to be distracted by my phone. It's <laughs> because a, you'll know it's ringing anyway. Right, right. Oh, I have a feeling I'm getting a message right now. It must be mental telepathy. No, it's that I don't want to be distracted by my phone. If I'm going on a date, if I'm in the studio, if I'm going to dinner with friends, I don't really need to get a phone call. It's like, unless it's an emergency or something really important, I don't really need to know about it until I get home. And I got to tell you, I bring it up again, not because it's a holier than thou thing or I'm getting on a soapbox. It be, it's because it brings me peace of mind to leave my phone at home and then check my messages when I get home. It's just something that, you know, I suggest to people to try. But the other thing is getting back to people's agendas. I think what we're seeing in the world and especially in the United States, is people really trying to control things with their opinion and push their agenda. And I think that a suggestion that we all could use is that we try and give up some of that control, allow people to be who they are, and just focus on our own lives and what we control about ourselves and what we can do for ourselves. And then, again, sort of trust that there's some power on earth that really has all of our backs, that really is guiding the human race and the earth in some positive direction. So you've just prompted so many things that, um, that sparking so many things that I want to say. I'm such a profound guy, aren't I? Know, I? you're so damn profound. Wow. And, and just when I thought I knew you. <laughs> um, now I totally lost my train of thought. It was all so brilliant. What Everything I was going to say was so genius. Um, I also think that the, uh, yes, the control thing, first of all, the world feels really out of control. There's a lot of spiraling. There's a lot of low energy, low vibration all around the planet for a variety of reasons. And, um, and that's scary. And people don't feel safe and don't feel secure and don't feel comfortable. And that's a human need. 
And I think it's really important to remember on a grander scale that we're never, we're, we really never have any idea what's going to go on. We just, it's, a, it's, a, it's an illusion that we think we know what's going to happen, that we think we've got our act together, that we know what's going to happen with our family and where our salaries are going to come from and that our house is going to be safe and that our neighbor is going to respect us and, you know, that our life is going to last, X, whatever. You know, I think um, our relationships are going to be there forever. I think that that is a, um, a normal state of human ego existence that we need to feel a sense of control and the truth is like I said it's it's if you know it's according to the greatest masters me not included it's a fallacy and um, everything is temporary and everything is fluid and I think if you try to remember that it helps you know I also to your point about the phones um and the idea of constantly being connected as well. I think there's also a bit of an addiction to that because as human beings, we always feel like we want to be a part of something. Somebody, we want to know somebody's missing us, someone's looking for us, someone needs us. We're not missing out on a group of, you know, whatever, or an invitation or a participation in some social media, whatever. Um, you know, it's the first thing everybody does when you land on the plane. Sometimes it's practical, but there's also, to me, a, a grander sociological phenomenon that goes on with all of us wanting to know that we belong somewhere. We belong to a person or, you know, whomever. Again, in the purest form of the universe, that's all a fallacy. And I think it's relevant to what we're talking about in terms of having a belief system and a higher power because it has to do with us being inbred to feel like we're separate and then we're not part of something bigger. And, you know, that's why people, me included, that we get lonely, that we get depressed, that we get fearful because we feel like we're separate. We're not loved. We're not fitting in. We don't have a sense of community. We're unemployed. We're sitting lonely, broke, you know, whatever your thing is, dealing with different, you know, medical issues. Um, and so just to take your point to, you know, about the phones to a larger, more universal scale, I think it's really important to remember do some reading about this, and maybe we can come up with some books in our final segment, some suggestions. But, um, you know, the universe cares about all of us equally, and we are all bigger part of something greater. And so the more we can let go of the separateness feeling, the more the trust and the faith comes in, and the assumption comes in that things are always going to go in our favor. Again, even when they don't look that way to our earthly eyes. That's my speech for the day. Right. We're both giving speeches today. We, we're trying to help people and get off the soapbox at the same time. So we got a couple minutes until we go to break. And, and you reminded me about something which is that I just forgot. But um, it is about sort of practicing being connected with people. But I think there are different ways to do it. And so what I'm suggesting is that if, if I don't pay so much attention to my smartphone, if I don't feel like I have to look at it all the time, maybe I can connect with the human being right next to me who's there for me for a reason. Yeah. It's like, remember in the Celestine Prophecy, he talks about you could be at a bus stop and someone's sitting next to you for a reason. Well, if I'm so busy on my phone looking at it and not paying attention to other human beings, I may not connect with this person who maybe could help me get a job or maybe knows a great woman that he could introduce me to or whatever it is. And so I think that's part of trusting the universe. It's like, wh what am I doing to help the universe? Am I distracting myself where I can't listen to my intuition that's guiding me? I mean, one of the things that I did was I... I started to listen to my intuition more last year. And I'm like, you know, I really want to get a guitar again. I haven't had a guitar in years. And I got this guitar. And the other night I was practicing and I'm like so glad that I got this guitar. But that's because I try and listen to my intuition sometimes when it's like, hey, psst, go get a guitar again. You'll really enjoy writing songs again. And that's what's happened. I'm not saying that happens all the time, but that's part of me staying connected through prayer and meditation and just calming down on the inside where I can hear that inner voice that is guiding me to listen to the universe and trust the universe. The last thing I want to say before we get a break is that, you know, trust is a big word. And I think as human beings, we have challenges trusting anyone or anything. I think that's part of being a human experience, part of being a human being and the human experiences. We've all been hurt and we don't want to get hurt again. And we all find ways to protect ourselves or have armor or block things or making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and not being too vulnerable. And so what we're talking about <coughs> is opening ourselves up 
in a way where we could get hurt. Maybe the universe doesn't deliver on what we thought it would, or maybe we get disappointed, or maybe the universe feels like it's not the right time for something and we need to wait on it. So just because we're trusting the universe doesn't mean we're going to get our way, but it goes back to what I said before. I'm so glad I thought of this is it's about the peace of mind. It's not about the details as much as the spirit of things. And if I feel peace about things, I'm not that attached to the details and the details just fall into place. So with that, we're gonna go to break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show here on talkradio.nyc and tonight it's just Robbie Kay and I, just the two of us rocking it old school. We're talking about um, turning your trust over to a greater power, trusting the universe, especially in challenging times because it's easy to do it when things are going well, right? And before the break, Rob was saying how, you know, um, sometimes it is in the details, um, but the softness of just the peace of mind of having that trust in and of itself can create more, you know, more of a vibration or more of a, an empty space for the, for the faith to be proven to you and the good stuff to come in. You know, I, um, so in recent years when all of this has become way more, uh, this premise has become more trustworthy to me, no pun, you know, um, it's been, you know, everything from, I can think of in the last, you know, year, um, from going a few years with a very, very difficult um, uh, employment challenges and being very, very severely underemployed for several years, which is a very painful existence, obviously hard on the wallet and on paper, but also on your soul when you're not feeling creative. And I remember one day, because my natural tendency, again, is to make more stuff happen and call more people and, you know, check out more connections that I have and research more and more and more and more and keep going until the point where I felt like my nails were, you know, scraping down a chalkboard and my insides were getting so tense that I, I was overextended with trying. And it happened, you know, a few times. One day, very palpably, a few years ago, I said, I just can't do this anymore. And I literally, at my computer, said, looked up and just said, said to my ceiling, you take over. And, of course, the next day, like, I got some call, you know. Now, you can call coincidence, whatever you want. That's fine. My, my point is that it's, um, it makes space. You know, sometimes, again, it's about going outside and just having fun when you're feeling frustrated, you know. Um, recently, I... Um, ended a relationship that I was very excited about and uh, and yes and, and attached to with the prospect of something um, that ultimately didn't happen and when I came to the realization instead of trying to navigate it or be angry about it or react to it negatively and show my sides I'm not so proud of with this person I remember saying to myself this just isn't it's just not happening and I need to find a sense of acceptance and acceptance and faith are not mutually exclusive of each other either and, you know, just let it go and let whatever come in, you know, whatever's going to come in, come in. And um, I think like the same day or the next day I met a, a, a guy um, at the same place that I met this other person many years earlier. It's kind of funny. So, you know, it really just, um, it, it, it does work. And if you don't, you know, if you don't want to believe in it, or sometimes I think we're more familiar with staying in the fear, somehow it feels like we have more control over that negative space. And you don't want to sort of hedge your bets and put your faith in something that's just going to hurt more because you've believed in it. Try it. Do some, you know, just have some fun with it. Do it with a parking spot. That was one of the thing, first things I learned when I was a kid. You know, just visualize. I didn't even know what this language was, the spiritual language. And my friends were like, we know this trick. If you know, if you believe there's going to be a parking spot on this crowded street, there will be. And in fact, it happens, you know. So play with it in whatever way that, you know, works for you. Um, I wanted to, uh, well, go ahead. I didn't want to, I'm monopolizing. So, well, yeah, no, you just reminded me though. Like, I know I'm not in the greatest mood when my attitude towards trusting the universe is, I say to God, it's your world, I'm just living in it. <laughs> and then the opposite of that is, what's thy will for me? You know, it's going from angry and controlling to surrendering and peaceful. And that's sort of the difference for me. Yeah. Um, the other way, you know, um, if you're somebody who's, uh, receptive or wants to check this out in a more sort of more of the woo woo way, as we say, you know, I, I think Rob and I are both huge fans of, um, Esther Hicks, 
who um, channels a spirit guide called Abraham. She's been on the on the spiritual circuit for many, many years, and she has these, you know, small little, like they're audio slash videos on YouTube, and they have to do with different groups she speaks to, and I listen to them when I'm in need of this, which a reminder, which is a lot, because my faith gets challenged a lot. And so it's like intellectually, you know, but if you don't feel it in your body, it doesn't work. You have to feel it in your body, similar to how you feel when you're hanging out with someone that you love. That feeling of expansion, that feeling of softness, that's the feeling you want. You don't want to think it in your head. You want to feel it, right? That's the goal. So um, I just saw one where uh, some, or listened to one where somebody asked her, you know, how do I tap into this more, this place of abundance so that I can have more faith? She said, don't tap it. You don't have to tap into it. It's there. It's like picture a glass of water with a cork. Take your, take your damn hand off the cork. The cork's meant to float. Like it's there. It's just, we need to get out of our own way. We need to get out of our head. So I love that analogy because it's so simple, you know, so simple and so basic. Well, and I remember this friend saying to me when I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, he's like, you can have peace of mind right now. Like, whenever you want. And a part of me is like, that's such bullshit. Like, I'm in a bad mood. Things aren't going the way I want. And immediately, the next morning, when I got up and I prayed and meditated, where I really asked for God's will, where I really talked to the universe, and I said prayers where it wasn't rote or just saying the words. Like, I did the serenity prayer over and over again, like, really meaning each word. And I just automatically started to feel better because I connected with that little piece of universe in me where the peace already is all the time. It's whenever we want to connect to it. It's like going to Facebook, but it's like going to the universe inside of you instead. You know, it's like whenever you want to connect to it, it's there. Well, that's quite an analogy. Facebook and, and the universe inside of you. That's that's like a whole other topic for another discussion. Um Another thing I wanted to bring up, and, and maybe this is part of the takeaways for people because we're always trying to offer takeaways to people where they can make use of information on the show, is that one of the things that has been a challenge in the trajectory of my life or, or the path that I've been on is that I still haven't found a partner to make a home with. And it's something I really want in life. You know, one of the most important rooms when I go to people's houses are their dining room or their kitchen table. Like there's something that's sitting around the kitchen table with people I love. Mm -hmm. um, it's just important to me. It's such a communal thing, such a familial thing. And, and I love being able to break bread with people around a table. And it's something that I want to be able to create in my own home rather than, you know, eating alone sometimes. So, um, so when I was younger, I was very attached to having a girlfriend and, you know, having a relationship fill that God, the, the, fill that hole in the soul that I had, you know, that only the universe can really fill and make me feel good enough about myself where I can attract someone and have a healthier relationship rather than lean on them too much to, you know, sort of complete my life or something. Um, and when I was younger, that's how I felt. And then as I started to work on myself and grow and evolve, I started to detach from that attachment of the relationship and I got to have a girlfriend and the best girlfriend and just sort of focus on myself and self-care and things I enjoy doing and getting a guitar and starting to write songs again and things like that and then eventually it'll happen but in between waiting in the hallway like I am waiting to meet someone new again letting go of old relationships that were almost but not quite hoping and trusting the universe that the universe doesn't want almost for me but wants the most for me Sometimes it really is an exercise of trusting the universe and being like, I gave up a little so I can have more or the most. And that takes courage sometimes. You know, we talk about not settling on the show and we talk about that you can feel it when you're settling. I, I listened to a, a buddy of mine the other day talk about um, his first marriage where the day he got married, he knew he, knew. Yeah. he was standing there. Yeah. And I don't know if she was walking down the aisle yet, but he knew standing at the altar that this was not going to work. It's like, listen to your intuition. Your intuition is guiding you. If you want to try and trust the universe, just connect with that voice inside of you that talks to you and it gives you little messages here and there. It's not that you're crazy. It's that you have an intuition that is your best guide. You know, and it's also, I think, really important because to that point, too, because I've also heard that story so many times. I could I could name, I'm just thinking of like three or five people in my head right now that all knew the day of their wedding that they shouldn't be walking down the aisle, and they did, and then they got trapped. 
And I think that a lot of that, again, has to do, I, I don't want to speak to anybody's personal relationships, but generally speaking, we have to also feel good about ourselves and that we deserve, and I hate to use the word entitled, but that it is our birthright to be happy and joyful and abundant. Um, and it doesn't mean that shitty things don't happen and that shit storms don't like enter all of our lives because they do. Um, that's part of our, the experience of being here as human beings. But, you know, I can, I'm, I'm just thinking people in my mind right now, things always go out for them because they assume that they will, because they know that they warrant that and that their life deserves that. So we need to think well of ourselves enough to know that, you know, we deserve for the good stuff to come in. That's also part of making the space for a higher power to sort of step up and, and help and honor with that, you know. Um, I'd like to speak to like a few takeaways again, like you were suggesting. You know, um, first of all, I've talked about this book before. It's been a while, though. But The Surrender Experiment, which was written by Michael Singer, he also wrote a book called The Untethered Soul, is a wonderful example of surrendering and just letting, just showing up for life. And in a high-powered way. This is a fancy guy in terms of like a, you know, a grounded professional entrepreneur who's now, I think, a mega successful, you know, iconic businessman. Um, you know, who wasn't on spiritual path his whole life, but had some awakenings when he was younger. And he tells the whole story, but it really has to do with everything that he was met with, every shitstorm, just really not getting caught in the fear and trying to control and navigate it and how that worked for him. And um, so I just highly recommend that book. It was a really powerful book. The other one for me, at least the one that I, I turn to every day, because sometimes I don't know what else to do, is meditate. It's such a cliche at this point. It's becoming all, you know, it's all the rage. I think a lot of people find like don't resonate or I can or I don't want to or I can't sit still. All right. Try it for 60 seconds a day. Just quiet your mind and make space in your body for things to come through. To me, it's the greatest tool. It's free. You can do it by yourself and it doesn't require you. You can, you know, you don't even have to leave your room, you know, right? I mean, that to me is like one of the biggest, one of the biggest ways to create a channel for what we're talking about to enter your life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I suggest the same thing to clients or friends or anybody sit still for 60 seconds or five minutes. If you can do five minutes, just sit there. You can look at the clock the whole time. <laughs> you can? Yeah. And it's like, just pay attention to your breath. Just sit and breathe for five minutes. And here's the great news for people that have never meditated. If you've never, ever meditated before, this could have such an immediate effect on your life because it'll help you to sit still, get grounded, and sort of just get in touch with another part of you that is so powerful. It's just, you know, it's the mind, body, and spirit. And I think a lot of times people focus on the mind and the body and they forget about the spirit. And it's all interconnected. You know, one affects the other. Yeah. It's so important. I'm so glad you just reminded everybody about the value of just basic sitting still, just basic meditation. The other thing, um, a great way for me to trust the universe, especially if I'm worried about something, is just music. Just put on tunes that I really like. Mm -hmm. It takes me in another dimension. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I've forgotten about what I've worried about. I used to have a joke with a buddy of mine, Christian. And this is actually how we got rapport. We were bartending together in catering. And we were joking around one night that sometimes we forget what we were worrying about. And we're like, oh, what was I worrying about? Mm -hmm. You know, so here's one way to forget what you're worrying about is put on some tunes you like. You know, maybe dance around the house or even in your mm -hmm. office or whatever. Just change the whole vibe. You know, the music is so powerful. And it doesn't matter if you're in a great mood or a shitty mood or whatever. Music can just help you so much. Yeah. I think the other idea maybe is to, and I'm still working on this because sometimes I get caught in my, you know, comfortable patterns and habits of things that way I like to spend time, is to do the opposite, the opposite action, as they say. You know, if you're feeling like you're in, especially let's talk about when people are in tough places, because when you're in a good place, do you notice how like good and more happens and then the magic happens and then you're, you meet the right person and then you turn a corner and then you discover this and the right, you know, everything feels like it's right in the world. 
when it's when you're not in a nice space it's really hard to do that and so the suggestion would be to do one little thing that just feels good because it all comes down to the same thing it's it's get do something that brings you joy that makes you feel good because that energy if you can hold on to that for i think they say like 17 seconds maybe it's petting your dog or hugging your kid or cooking something or drawing a picture or dancing naked in your living room whatever it is do that and hold on to that feeling for 17 seconds and try to do it progressively more and more things will change it happens. It really, really does happen because it creates that space. You yeah. get more in touch with the with the big, with the high, with the higher stuff. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about um, as we're coming up in the end of the show. I'm thinking about just basic necessities. People that are going through the hurricane damage yes. and things like that. They are so in the moment right now, and a lot of them are probably asking for the universe as well and just trying to make it through the day. So we don't want to minimize how this right. stuff. It's they're going through very practical trying to trust the universe and what we're talking about. And maybe better things will happen in their lives because of this. Who knows? But at the same time, I think what we really have been talking about today is bringing it back to the moment, being in the moment, being in the moment and trying to find a little bit of universe wherever we are at that moment on earth. It, it could be just real quickly in, in closing, speaking of Michael Singer's book too, it, um, it could be noticing the beauty of a flower that sounds so like hippy dippy and yes I am and it might be annoying for some people listening right now. Find your beauty in whatever it is, an old photograph of somebody that you knew in your childhood, whatever it is, a book that you love to read, something that you relish in. Because, but nature, again, speaking to what Rob was saying, you know, is perfect. Like nature is such a, go hug a tree or plant a seed in your backyard. That is a perfect example of how something way bigger than us exists in perfection every day. And again, to your point, in all respect, like major blessings to everybody who's being impacted by what's going on at the hands of Mother Nature right now. We don't have any brilliant explanation why. We also invite everybody to find the, you know, the right channels to, um, respectable channels to donate money or efforts or time, whatever it is. Um, so I'm contradicting myself right now, but I think in an overall picture, Mother Nature is a great reminder of how there's a larger something at play that's way more powerful than we are. Yeah, definitely. So blessings to everybody, and thanks for listening, y'all. Take care.